Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Welcome to Buy or Sell What the Hell with Jason Jenkins, Alex Z, and D. JJ began his career at Charles Schwab as a trader in the equity and options markets before moving to the sell side to trade fixed income at V Finance, JBB Financial, and CG Capital. With over a decade of experience in trading U.S. Treasuries and building out institutional analysis, he covered all the primary dealers, large buy-side money managers, and hedge funds. And now, he's applying his expertise to the cryptocurrency markets. Do you buy or do you sell? And welcome back to another edition of Buy or Sell. What the hell? I'm your host, Jason Jenkins. Dimitrik, just you and I flying uh, in tandem today. Alex Z's up traveling. That's right. Stuff going on up north in Chicago. So he's away doing that today. But how you I'm doing? Pleased. You guys, this last episode was great with uh, the champ on. Thank you. I told you guys that. But if anybody that hasn't heard it, you know, uh, that's one to go back and look at. Johnny Fitch is a—he's a crypto enthusiast, so we thought we'd have him on for the second time. So yeah. I think he likes coming back. We should have him on one more time for a trifecta. Yeah, but uh, I'm playing goose today to your Maverick because Alex out right. uh, traveling. So I I hope I don't end up like Goose did in the movie. That was <laughs> no. sad. But it's <laughs> one of my favorites, though. I, they're, due, they're due to come out with. We haven't had a good fighter pilot movie, I guess, in 34 years. Well, because fighter pilots are turning into robots, but nobody wants to talk about it. It's a sore subject. We should have one called Drone Gun. <laughs> top top drone. <laughs> the robot with shades on. Highlight some 14 year old sitting there with an Xbox joystick. <laughs> tough guy well oh, that's a lot of before we, before we get too far off the rails because it's definitely possible with the show on this network we should we should dig into uh some of our main talking points for the day right um i think well, before we do that though i like the last show how we started with going through the btc market and what it looks like and i think we should do that again um just to say like hey what's bitcoin doing uh, what's it been doing in the past what, five days since we've had a buy or sell? What the hell? And um, just kind of get that out of the way before we go into some some news. Yeah, you know, I think it's important to always, uh, like we keep saying, as these as these crypto markets, but mainly Bitcoin, more and more institutional money we get into the space, it's going to have a higher correlation with the overall markets. So there's a lot of people trying to look at the different correlations and see if there's something there yet. I, I haven't really seen it. Um, the big one I keep saying is that we need to pay attention to global macro as far as if we start to see growth rolling over, and that could be in Europe to the U.S., but specifically in the U.S., um, stocks are at new highs today. Um, well, not not S and P's and things, but if you're looking at some of the ma some of the major tech tech names like Apple, um, but 
point being is growth is still accelerating. So that matters for the risk, what they call risk on or riskier assets. So you have risk on moves, you have risk off moves. Um, now, obviously, you always have risk on. If you think about in terms of risk management as a, a real trader, there's always uncertainty, there's always risk. But that's just a term that, um, you know, traders have used for a long time. And that just means, hey, do I want to, do I want to, do I feel comfortable about what's going on? Do I want to be in the riskier assets or do I shy away? And I'm looking for what they call the flight to quality trade, which is tends to be things like gold and treasuries. And so I think right now, if you're looking at a correlation, I think when the market feels, when you have the VIX at lower levels, it seems like, um, there's a little bit more flow into Bitcoin. Maybe people view that as they're willing to take more risk. Um, but the correlations really aren't that good. So we've had stocks back on the highs. I had some CPI numbers here today that seems like the market is very long. Expectations of inflation, even though oil's come off the 66 level. And I think you got, you're starting to see some of that uh, kind of um, reflation roll over. And um, that's why we have down dollar today. And then everybody's anchoring on this Tillerson news. But as far as Bitcoin, I mean, when we look at the long term, the, there's two trends right now. The long term is still very much intact. We've talking a lot about the February lows held our pie line. That kind of is one of the things we look at for a long term bull cycle. Prices in what we call the northern hemisphere. Um, that's indicative of a bull market. So that's your long term still intact. It's just that the last two, three months has been dominated by this intermediate term weakness and this intermediate term downtrend. So where that changes is still above 12,000. You haven't been able to get above there. The last two daily cycles, both in the middle of February and then in the beginning of March, both of those cycles rolled over right in front of 12,000. So we did make some pretty good sales up there. We signaled sell a couple times. Some people took advantage of it on the short side also, which makes a lot of sense from a, a hedging perspective. Um, but that said, we're kind of still, you know, thinking you need to be cautious in here and patient as far as wanting to really add to your, to any kind of long-term longs. You know, anytime you get a pullback, it's you, you want the pullback when you have cash because then you can buy lower levels. If you get, if you get, you know, if you use up all your ammo and you're fully invested and the market pulls back on you, then that's, you know, obviously you don't, doesn't feel good. There's not a lot of opportunities to do anything with the lower prices if you, if you're fully invested. So there's a balance between having some cash to put to work. And when we get in these intermediate term down trades and you can come out of it and raise some cash, that's good because if, we do retest the February lows, then you can put you can put that capital to work at lower levels. Um, anyway, that's kind of made my thinking. Guys, guys don't want to hear it because everybody wants to get this market moving to the upside with some momentum, but it just is what it is. It's we're not ready to go yet, and you got to start making some higher highs before that momentum is going to naturally feed off itself. <clears throat> so we're just kind of staying patient. Is that too much of a rundown, D? No, I think that's that's a good that's a good way to start off the show. 
um, just giving people a dose of reality, right? So, um, it is what it is. The market's not ready to move up yet. It looks like so. Assess your risk accordingly, right? I mean, not nothing different than what we typically say on a buy or sell. What the hell? So, yep. Now we've started off giving you a good uh, overview of what Bitcoin's been doing to movements of Bitcoin. Um, now let's talk about some news. So the news that's probably on everyone's mind on this here thirteenth day of March. I don't know why I said that like that, but sounded official is <laughs> Binance, right? Binance makes an official statement. They say, hey guys, uh, Binance, we're going to try to migrate it from the Ethereum blockchain onto the Binance blockchain. They're making their very own blockchain. Uh, it was very vague. They didn't say what consensus algorithm they were going to use. They didn't say much, um, but they did say that they want their own blockchain. So, I don't know. What do you think? I, th I th my initial reactions were kind of like, "What? You guys are trying to be an exchange? You just had some hacking issues. Now you're gonna, you know, compete with Cardano and, <laughs> and Vitalik and you know Hoskinson and whoever else is, you know, the Hashgraph guys. The, the guy finished Carnegie Mellon computer science PhD and like the fastest ever in three years. And now Binance is gonna." build its own blockchain it's kind of like what I don't know. <laughs> you have a wonderful way of making things make so much sense just by like thinking it through like yeah you really want to compete with that huh you want to shoot three pointers with steph curry is that what you really want to do it's like okay we know <laughs> we know you're you're one of the leading exchanges and you're absolutely probably crushing it but but at the same time then i guess you know it's ambitious. I think it makes sense. That allows them to move towards more of a decentralized exchange, which is, that's the future. That's something I've been saying with Rhythm for forever, that we don't, the blockchain removes this idea that you got to go move your capital, your coin, your assets to an exchange, trade it, keep it there and or move it off. And the fact that you have to move it there to trade it and then you're so fearful of it actually being there that you have to scramble to get it back off. It's just mm -hmm. that that can all go away with, you know, however, whatever is, whatever technology makes it the easiest. It's probably a combination of the atomic swaps in the beginning, zero X, you know. But th th I think that's where they're trying to go with it is, is move away from the centralized exchange, which... You know, I commend them for that. Absolutely. Um, let's so let's take a look at some of their like the main thing that matters for an exchange is volume, and they are doing almost 1.5 billion USD or 160 thousand Bitcoin in volume a day on average. And what is so, that compared to? Did you compare that to like? Uh, Bitrix? I didn't do any comparisons. Um monetarily i did do a comparison between like how much like community activity is going on between bitrex and um binance and uh, binance is killing the game when it comes to keeping the community involved answering questions uh, having a blog that's recent i think their most recent post after today's was a day ago so um 
good communication. I like how they handled the. Uh, they seem kind of proactive on that that hack too. Oh yeah. Like you know we have we have a pretty good feel with the amount of traders in our room that guys are on top of stuff and then they get pissed off at Bitrix or they question Coinbase's. You know, um, kind of with their little debacle a couple weeks ago or last one. And then it seems like seems like Binance. I like how they kind of handled it. I agree. They just they definitely probably leading the way here as far as the exchanges go yeah there's never fortunately um which is a hard point to get to in this space is i've never heard anything negative about binance to date <laughs> like i've heard negative things about bitrix i've heard negative things about polo negative things about bitstamp negative things but i guess they just haven't been around long enough what's that what the joker says or something like in that batman movie no, that's what Batman said. You know, first year the hero live long enough to become the villain. Cool. I guess Binance is taking advantage of the, the point that they haven't done anything all the way wrong yet. So, yeah. So that's just a little bit of the news as we know it. There's no news on what kind of consensus algorithm. Proof of work, proof of stake, proof of whatever. Um, proof of God. I don't know. There's so many consensus algorithms that exist now. Um, none of the details on that. Um, but it is one of the leading exchanges, and um, they want their own blockchain. So whether you use it or not is on you. But if you want to keep trading with Binance, I think it's probably going to be something they force you to do. Putting quotations on there. So, Yeah. I mean, they're smart to have their own coin. It kind of makes me wonder why you know, Bitrix doesn't have their own. But as far as how to trade it, I mean, that's the thing. Like, as soon as this happens, or I see, I see so many traders are like, like they're trying to figure out what the news means, and they got to figure out. They're always trying to figure out, like, well, is that going to make it? You know, I could try to forecast all these different fundamental things. Like, look, well, I see all these stars align, then I guess maybe this could be a hundred dollar coin. It's like there's way too many risks to know whether or not they can even execute on this or when, but. The way to play it, and when you look at the actual price actions, like, all right, well, it's been trading sideways. You know, we have it made its lows in February with the overall market. It looks very similar to the BTC chart, but it trades pretty well today. And, you know, it's put in what we call a real money candle, which is the footprint, just a large candle that sticks out more than all the others. It takes real money to make a candle like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I called, I called it that when we were trading treasuries, cause I mean, to move the treasury market, I mean, it's not just some retail traders, like, which is mostly what crypto is. It's, you know, it's big institutional central bank money. It's huge pension funds. It's huge sovereign wealth funds that are causing big footprints in the market. But that's what, that's kind of what we tend to do is. You don't always have to know what's going to happen. You can just follow the footprints of what is happening. And so obviously today, capital feels pretty bullish on the, on that news. And so you can go with it. So we were trying to look to play the, the next 15-minute, 30-minute 30, 30 dip after it happened. You had a pretty good 15% move after that initial dip. Some guys caught it, some didn't. But I think this is a spot where, you know, I don't know each, each individual's you know, 
personal situation. We never make advice like that. But as far as the chart goes, I mean, we added to BNB today. And I think the big area that you got to get above is 12. But this might be one of the, the tokens that leads a rally here if, if it can get above 12. So, and that's the thing with when you when you change your focus from having to know what's going to happen, this price and this token could scream back to the highs up around 24, 25. For the listeners, it's down at 9, 9 all 9.96 right now. So you could potentially, um, you know, a double or triple from here. And it doesn't, whether they ever build out that blockchain or not, doesn't matter. The token could move in anticipation of that. And so if you sit around waiting to see if, if they actually can execute on this blockchain, you're going to miss the move. That's, that's the thing with the market moves in anticipation. It doesn't necessarily trade about what is true. It's what it thinks or believes might be true. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's, that's one we we're going to look to add to over the next intermediate term, especially if you can get above 12. Mm, you're giving out some golden eggs today. <laughs> yeah, I've always I like BNB. It's just again, it had a good run. I mean, we were kind of in around four bucks. It went to twenty three, twenty four, and then it's just been soft with the overall market for the last couple weeks. But definitely showing some life today, so that's one to keep an eye on. Good deal. Well, without necessary segueing, we can go into the next thing that. I kind of thought was interesting. Um, as I was looking into, as I was preparing for the show, I was reading this article. Um, and this article is the headline on this was pretty funny. It's, the Bitcoin fever is taking square stocks to the moon. And I was like, dang, like all this stupid crypto vernacular that I've been using for the past years is just, just totally taken over mainstream. It seems like, People are more and more aware of this stuff. And I thought to myself, you know, what's the point of being exposed to crypto via a proxy? Like, okay, so you have, so you're, let's say you're, I'm just trying to put my mind into, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of an accredited investor. And yeah. I got some money and I saved up some of my hundreds of thousands and I want to invest in something. And instead of just investing in crypto itself, I read an article in my Wall Street Journal uh, that Square is going to allow you to buy and sell Bitcoin. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a smart move for Square. I'm going to invest in Square instead of just going and buying Bitcoin. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I guess I kind of I kind of agree with you. Well. I don't know if there's anything to some of it comes down as well. It's not that easy to it's not that easy to get into our market as far as you know. I just think people need a simpler solution. That was one of the goals of Rhythm from the beginning too. It's like, well, if you really want some mass adoption, we got to make this process way easier for people to get started. And then, do you mentioned like another proxy was that G GBTC? You know, GBTC is making it easier for people to gain access to a market that either one, they don't know how, two, they don't care, three, 
they can't even, you know, they're not allowed to buy into something that's not listed on XYZ exchange or, you know, they don't know how to put something away in their wallet. You know, the firm doesn't have BTC wallets. You know, where would they keep their coin? So I see a lot of these early funds as kind of the bridge between the two. And they're probably going to always exist. I mean, there's a lot of different mutual funds out there. And then we kind of evolve that market to ETFs. Um, but I don't know why you'd want to pay up. If if you if if you're willing to if you really want to just trade Bitcoin or you want the exposure, I mean you're paying through the market. There's a pretty good premium on that GBTC. You know Bitcoin might run up twenty percent, GPTC runs up forty percent, and a lot of people are still chasing that. Um, it just I guess it just shows you the amount of demand for people wanting to get into that piece of the action. You know. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point that, you know, it's never going to go away. And it's always, I think it just adds that extra dynamic. If you look at the GBTC price, it's like $14 right now. Um, it's down 63% since December, which isn't far from where Bitcoin went. Right? Yeah. So in no, it's no longer really a premium. If it's supposed to be a tenth of a Bitcoin, if it were premium, it'd be right around, what, 90 bucks right now? Um. But there's always going to be that product that exists, I guess, like you said, for people that aren't willing to go through the rigmarole, go through that rigmarole of like getting a wallet or going on Coinbase or things that we consider to be really easy, they consider to be points of friction. So yeah, um, maybe it all boils down to risk too. You know, maybe they don't want to be that exposed to Bitcoin. And they need an easy out. So yeah, I think it's a little. So it's all of the above. When it comes to having an easy out, I know you've spoken many times about having optionality in the markets, and you you said specifically you want to talk about like wishful thinking and giving yourself optionality in the markets. So maybe we should go into detail about that a little bit. That's something that just little things that comes up in our trading community kind of gives me ideas sometimes about what we could talk about. Um, I saw it kind of on the way down when we broke 12,000 that, you know, everybody is hopeful that we, including myself. And I mean, we bought in front of 10,000 and it didn't hold and you stop and you take some risk off, but it's like every, every lower low, everybody's either still way too long. I think, you know, most, most of the independent traders or quote unquote retail traders, everybody's pretty much that long. But I did see on the, there's some pretty good data now at the CBOE's website where the bigger futures accounts are actually, looks like they're net short now. The speculative, uh, non hedging and non commercial position. So, um, I guess the point is that you can see how wishful everybody is always trying to figure out a reason for why the market should rally because everybody's long and <laughs> ready. They're ready for this thing to take off again. And it's just, it's just a lot of wishful thinking. The easy, the, the better way to think about it is, I mean, you can, you can think in your mind a million different reasons why the market should rally, but the 
bottom line is, like I told guys today, BTC can't even get above its eight-period moving average, which is where it just failed at yesterday. So that happens to be right around 10,000. So either the market can prove itself and, sh you know, my attitude is why doesn't price show me that it can that it can get above the eight? Show me you can get above 10,000 and then maybe you'll have my attention. Otherwise, if, if we fail here at the eight and trend continues lower, then there's a good shot. We're right back at 7,000, 6,000 based on just this intermediate tr term trend alone. So there's a difference between just wishing something to happen. And it's like, man, there's a lot of wishful thinking going on. Every, every, everybody's trying to find a reason why the market should rally and should and actually rallying is obviously two different things. Mm -hmm. But from the optionality standpoint, maybe a better way to think about it is like this is like, okay, you know, the last couple rallies we had, the whole reason why you want to, when you go from 6,000 to 12,000 off the lows, you double in basically three weeks, less than three weeks. That's a great opportunity that if you bought stuff well, you, you got to lighten up on some because that gives you the cash to have the optionality that if the market does back off, now you took advantage of those prices that were higher. You, you took advantage of, um, you don't, you didn't waste your time up there and you're not sitting here kicking and screaming because, Oh man, I wish I would have sold. And now I'm back down to where I bought. So when you trade around the core position, you give yourself optionality in the sense that, all right, if we get above the eight and we get above 10,000, then maybe I'll put some cash to work again. Right. If not, and even though the cycle's low, but if price wants to continue on the path that it is, which the path of least resistance has been down, then I'm going to get a shot at buying 7,000 or 6,000. So the, the, by having some cash and trading around your position, um, that gives you that optionality where it's almost a win-win. If the market does this, like last episode, we talked about if-then analysis. If the market gets above 10, this is what I'm going to do. If it can't, I'm going to wait and be patient because there's a chance I'm going to get to buy 10, 20% lower. That's a win-win. Then you're not sitting there wrestling with, well, I, f I put all these indicators on my chart and it tells me that there's a good chance we're going to rally. So now I'm going to scenario build and conv convince myself in my mind that something's going to play out when that's not reality. So I, I try to work with guys on that. The optionality, put yourself in a situation where you know if it goes up, you have opportunity. And if it goes down, you have a way to take advantage of that also. Um, there you go. You can structure that a lot easier sometimes too with actual the options market. Um, anyway. So it's like, it's like basically it's like, I like the word that you use scenario building. Don't try to build up something that doesn't exist just because you're trying to, I don't know. Wishful thing. Yeah. Wishful thinking. So, yeah, don't don't live in a false reality, guys. <laughs> Especially when it comes to your money. Yeah. So, so where to next? Did we talk about some of the, the movements in the major markets? The majors, uh, we talked about Bitcoin quite a bit today. Uh, we didn't get to Ether or Litecoin or uh, Bitcoin Cash. Yeah. Um, 
Bitcoin Cash had a pretty decent rally earlier this morning. I, I kind of like to look at them in, on a relative value basis. So there's two different charts we use, but you look at Ethereum versus Bitcoin. You can look at Litecoin versus Bitcoin. You look at Bcash or Bitcoin Cash versus um, versus uh, Bitcoin, and you can overlap all those, and you can kind of see what's been cheap and what's been kind of expensive. Relative, all those major four relative to each other, and we kind of liked Bitcoin. Bitcoin Cash had a little bit of a rally relative to everything else. Made sense to make some sales there. Ethereum's been actually kind of cheap relative to everything else. So when you trade on a relative value basis that's a little bit different than trading directionally. So you see that a lot in the bond market. Guys don't even care about whether the market's going to go up or down. They're just looking for dislocations and hey, the two years cheap relative to the seven year based on, you know, these different metrics. So they try to short the one that's high and buy the one that's low and look for that spread to converge or tighten. Well, the way we kind of do that is when we get to levels that we like in the market, like I keep saying, if Bitcoin comes back down to 7,000, 6,000, that's where, you know, we want it, the next spot we really want to buy on the downside. On the upside, if we can get back above 10 and close there, then maybe we'll actually, you know, get involved a little bit more on the up if that happens. But when you get to levels you like, if you can go and you can look at the, the majors against each other and you say, well, okay, Ethereum's cheap. The market's back at levels we like, you know, so maybe instead of, and you, you can see that on the way up too, like Litecoin really dominated for most of um, the early part of, of March here. So that was one where it was like, all right, if you're, if you're kind of heavy in LTC, it probably makes sense to take some money off the table. And it's kind of looking like Ethereum's a little bit cheaper. So I'm not, I'm not going to really add to it here. But again, the next time that we, the cycle gets low on Bitcoin, we get back to those levels we like, and Ethereum is still kind of the cheap one on a relative value basis. Um, that's something that we were looking at today. Uh, Litecoins, it's just they're all in the same boat. The you know, it's just. I wish I could say, hey, we were you know, we added aggressively today. It's up 15%. There's no reason we can't run another 15%. Like all the momentum we had earlier in the week or earlier in the you know, last year. Mm -hmm. But that's just, that's just not where we're at. So we've been pretty patient. Uh, I haven't done anything in Litecoin. I kind of eye, and there's two support levels, 157, and then down around kind of 140, the 200s down there. Hmm. We're up, we're up at 174, so I don't see a whole lot to do. So I think that's probably a good point to wrap things up. Um, you know, if you if you if you've liked some of the discussion we've had today, of course, keep tuning in to buy or sell. What the hell? Um, because that's the way you're going to stay tuned in to what these markets are doing, at least on a twice weekly basis. We try to put these out, um, and you can always join the chat room. And you can always join the crypto team. Both links are below uh, in the show notes. When I say below, I mean in the show notes. If you go to BitcoinPodcast.com, you'll see this episode's image. Click on it. 
it'll get you right to the show notes and you can sign up. Uh, that crypto team is definitely worth it because everyone in there is having discussions about their posting charts, uh, what could be the possibilities. Maybe you can, you know, have a melding of the minds with some of the traders in there and see if you can build your own strategies to manage your own risk going into these markets. Um, because I've been around for, I don't know, this will be probably like my second or third crypto which is looking like it's going to be a down market for a little while or at least sideways and if you're not managing risk risk appropriately then um you can lose out on some opportunity so yeah and we're, we're putting in a lot of high level signals in there i mean we guys were excited early in the week i mean we put out sell signal on cboe futures pretty much into the dead ass high on monday up around 98.90 Literally an hour and a half later, corrected all the way down six, seven hundred points. Um, so we're always talking about not just the long side, but this, you know, where to take profits or where to hedge. It's going to be more important as bigger money gets in the market to hedge hedging purposes, and as more individual traders as you start to trade futures. And um, I got a lot of people asking that trade forex that that or you know want to trade day trade. Uh, Bitcoin features the same manner. So we're talking everything trading in there. But, but you saw like it up good, D. Dead ass high. Is that the same as like a hole in one? <laughs> <laughs> gotta mm-hmm. hit the hit the dead ass high. Uh, oh man, I got a lot of I got a lot of different uh I got a lot of different language from the trading desk days. Mostly it's probably <laughs> not appropriate. That is Most, one. Are we gonna have to slap an ex- explicit sticker on this podcast at some point? When I first, when I first came on, you said I could swear. Oh yeah, you could swear. I don't. <laughs> I think I don't think anybody's tracking us down. And if they do, I'll just say like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to click the button." What uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get so mad at me for cursing on a trading podcast? But anyways, um, yeah. So thanks for tuning in for another round of buy or sell. What the hell, guys? Um, be safe, uh, join the chat room, assess your risk, hang out with us. Um, yeah, wrap it yep. up. Catch you guys Thursday. All right. So guys, the easiest way to get involved in our community of traders and what we're doing in markets, um, really on a global macro perspective is go to JenkinsRM.com. We have on the top right, a link chat room it's free to join that area you come in ask us questions you see what our community is all about we've got a couple paid rooms in there our crypto team is in there for 99 bucks a month it's probably one of the best real-time alert signals across the entire digital asset space and then as far as as far as just the value that all the the other uh paying subscribers in there brings it's uh, it more than pays for itself so that's available you can also see Again, JenkinsRM.com, the top right, we have some of our educational services. Um, Ten years of my institutional model that I built out on uh, trading cash treasuries. Uh, That whole nine hours video on demand teach you everything, the three pillars of our model covers analysis, risk, execution. We talk risk management, position sizing, trading plans, psychology of trading. 
Um, that's all there. And then we also have some information on on some of our group coaching and mentoring we do. We have a live room that we trade together uh, two days a week. Um, nothing like being in the trades together live, uh, making some money together, but also really learning um, everything, the emotions that are involved with being inside of trades and all the growth that comes from that. So all that's there, JenkinsRM.com. You guys can follow us at my uh, Twitter handle, at the Jason Jenkins. And you can also search Jason Jenkins on YouTube. That'll get us to our Block Edge Capital um, YouTube channel. Hope that helps. Look forward to seeing some of you guys in the room. Thank you.